Nobody predicted the future with pinpoint accuracy better than Jesus. Whatever he said is trustworthy and either has or will come true 100% of the time because that's the standard set forth in the Bible for a true prophet of God. Jesus predicted the disciples would abandon him and that Peter would deny him. He predicted his own death and resurrection and the destruction of the temple. Jesus also predicted his second coming and what would happen at the end of the age. Jesus said, therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. What does last day's living look like? Stay calm, stay on mission, and stay alert. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. God's Word says we're already living in the last days, that period of time between the first and second coming of Christ. But are we living in the final days of the last days? Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for making us part of your day. Well, people have been asking that question for almost 2,000 years. Today, Ron shares his thoughts on where we stand in prophetic history as he continues his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org. From Matthew 24, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Last Days Living. The Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, opens up that doctrine even further in his letter to the Thessalonians. Uh, The Apostle Paul refers to it some in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. He says it'll happen in the twinkling of an eye. As fast as your eye blinks, our heavenly groom will return. He says, I will come and take you to where I was. Where's Jesus right now? He's in heaven. Uh, The first stage of his second coming is the rapture followed by seven years of the worst of times on earth known as the tribulation period. You can read the details of that in Revelation chapters 6 through 19. Strap on your seatbelts when you do. Culminating in the battle of Armageddon and what we call the second coming of Jesus Christ, really phase two of his second coming, where his feet will literally touch down on the Mount of Olives. It's a fascinating study, this, you know, 24 and 25 of Matthew. They're right there, you know, while Jesus is talking about all that. The first time he comes and we're caught up in the air with him. What I'm simply saying is stay calm. God's got it all under control. Take a deep breath. Be still and know that he is God. And understand in a very practical sense regarding the virus and all that, this too will pass. I know that sounds cliche, but my 91-year-old mother-in-law put some things in perspective for us in the Jones family. She, um, uh, sh- don't tell her I told you her age. She doesn't want anybody to know that, but uh, she was born in 1929, the year of the stock market crash. And you talk about an unsettling time, followed by world wars and and all of that. But uh, she says during her teenage years, now we'd be in the 1940s, I guess, she developed rheumatic fever. 
that was the coronavirus of her time. Now, you back up a little bit before that and you, you bump into, you know, the pandemic of all pandemics, the Spanish flu of 1918 that took the lives of, some estimate, 50 million people worldwide. But uh, she, she went through rheumatic fever. She could not go to school for one year. Those children that did not have rheumatic fever got to go to in-person education. She had to stay at home for a year and receive tutoring. My point is simply this. This too will pass. It passed for her. She went on to live a long and productive life. She doesn't use the word unprecedented. She says, oh, here we go again. I guess if you live long enough, you'll experience more, you know, global pandemics. If I understand what Jesus says about the general signs of the time from uh, the time of his coming to the end of the age that will increase like the birth pangs of a mother, he says, increasing with frequency and intensity as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. In Luke's gospel, a parallel passage, Jesus mentions pestilences, viruses, this too will pass, but it won't be the last one. I can almost guarantee you that. There will be more, and they'll come with greater intensity and frequency if we understand and believe the words of Jesus. But stay calm. Stay calm. This is not a time for Christians to hide underneath the bed and wring our hands in worry. It's a time to place our trust in the living God. Secondly, stay on mission. Stay calm, but stay on mission. This, this is last day's living. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying, come on, church. Stay on mission. Now let's go to the mountaintop Jesus took his disciples to after the resurrection. He said, meet me on the mountaintop. He had some vision to cast for them. No greater place to go than to a mountaintop to cast vision. When we go to Israel, I usually go to this Great Commission passage in Matthew chapter 28 when we visit Mount Arbel on the northeastern edge of the Sea of Galilee. It's kind of the lookout mountain of Galilee. You know, lookout mountain in Tennessee, on a clear day you can see seven states. Well, that's Mount Arbel. The vistas are beautiful. We don't know if that's the mountain to which Jesus took his disciples, but it's as good as any mountain in the region. And it's there that on that mountain following his resurrection that Jesus said these words in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And then he says, behold, I am with you always, and I love this, to the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He will never forsake us. He, he punctuates the great commissioning that he gave to us with an encouragement. I'm never going to leave you. He knows better than anybody just how difficult it's going to get, how challenging it will be, how distressing it will be. But he says, I'm always with you, even to the end of the age. I was in Richmond earlier this week, and I was invited to speak at the, uh, the annual board retreat for the Family Foundation of Virginia. It's the state organization for Focus on the Family. And uh, they wanted me to you know, bring some encouraging words. It was kind of a retreat setting, and uh, 
During one of the Q&As in between the talks, um, somebody in the group had said something to the effect that I, they, they said, I just think people in the church today, they just don't know what to do. I keep in mind the Family Foundation of Virginia is, is, is out there dealing um, with legislations and uh, the political and cultural issues of our day, and I understand what they're talking about. People like you and me look around and we see our, our culture going to heck in a handbasket, right? And we just don't know what to do. I heard that, and the pastor in me <laughs> couldn't help but come out. I said, listen, I understand where you guys work and serve every day, but um, to say that we in the church don't know what to do is not acceptable. What's the one thing Jesus told us to do? <laughs> and collectively, all their heads kind of went down and they mumbled, yeah, go make disciples. And I said, exactly. We should never say in the church, we don't know what to do. With all due respect, Family Foundation of Virginia and others that serve in that area, Jesus is not going to ask you how many pieces of legislation you influenced in a conservative direction. He's going to ask you how many disciples did you make. That's the one thing he told us to do. And friends, the message of the gospel hasn't changed. The mission of the church hasn't changed. And no, this is not a time for us to run home, crawl under our bed, and wring our hands and worry. It's a time for the church to be the church. It's time to get back on mission and stay on mission. We've been saying since this uh, <laughs> time that nobody could predict came upon us and paused life in so many different ways. As a church, we need to stay on mission. We need to minister in the moment, and for us here at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church, we need to reach forward to what lies ahead. Remember that? We've got a mission to accomplish, to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ who go and make disciples. And we decided as a church, even before we got into all this mess by the virus, that we had a plan. Okay, we need, we, we need to finish that, folks. The message hasn't changed. The mission hasn't changed. The intensity of the hour has. And this is not a time to take three steps back as a church. Say, well, you know. Come on, church. Stay calm. Stay on mission. Thirdly, stay alert. Let me take you back to Matthew chapter 24. Where after saying to his disciples, regarding uh, the end of the age and the second coming of the Son of Man. He says, you know, the angels don't know, I don't know, only the Father knows. And then he says in verse 20, 44, therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Again, the language around uh, that two-stage second coming, the rapture is, he's coming in the twinkling of an eye. There's not a sign given to watch for for the rapture. The signs are all for the second stage, the second coming, that where he comes like a thief in the night. He says, you got to be ready.
We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To hear any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, use the library tab at the top of the homepage to find resources that will help you grow in your faith. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good only exists through the faithful prayer and financial support of listeners like you. And today, as you give, we'll give you access to download the complete series you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. From his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Here's Ron with the second half of today's Something Good Radio message, Last Days Living. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells two stories, two parables. One is the parable of the ten virgins or the maidens. And and there's one theme to it, one question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the midnight hour of the thief who's coming in the night? Don't, don't, Don't be asleep. Be alert. Be sober. Be awake. And uh, Jesus says in chapter 25 and verse 13 at the end of that story, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. He picks up on that wedding analogy. He says our heavenly groom is coming back. You don't know the day or the hour that he's coming. A lot of cultural implications there. The apostle Paul picks up on this idea in his letter to the Thessalonians. 2,000 years ago, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, after he talks about uh, uh, the day of the Lord, You know, a technical term in Scripture that always refers to the end of the age. He then says, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Anytime you you read um, the Bible around matters of the end of the age and the day of the Lord and Bible prophecy, there is always a strong encouragement to stay alert, to stay sober, to stay awake. Don't fall asleep. In the military, they call it combat readiness. You ever heard of that term? I'm I'm so thankful for people in our... uh, government and military who keep our fighting forces combat ready. Military readiness is defined as the ability of military forces to fight and to meet the demands, listen to this, of assigned missions with little or no warning. And combat readiness has to do with ships and airplanes and technology and uh, weapons systems and troops. And and they stand combat ready because at any time they could be deployed. At any time, you know, they they need to be ready. Combat readiness also applies to the family. You know, is the family personally ready for a deployment that could take happen at any time? Well, the analogy with the Christian life is the same. We are called upon not to be sleepy and slumbery, but to be alert and sober 
and vigilant and watchful and combat ready. Say, combat, pastor, what are you talking about here? Yeah, if you've got the idea that the church is the uh, carnival cruise line and we're all here for a little bit of partying on the Lido deck, no, this is a battleship. And part of getting combat ready is waking up every day in Ephesians chapter 6 and taking upon yourself the armor of God. And if I could change the analogy to sports a little bit, I played uh, a little bit of baseball in high school. I played shortstop. And I was never taught to kind of stand there like this, you know, as a shortstop. Now, when the pitcher started his windup, they taught you to be in the ready position. Get your glove out there. And always assume that the ball's going to get hit to you. You don't know where it's going to go, right? You hope that the pitcher strikes him out. You got nine players out there in a ready position assuming the ball's going to get hit to them. Do you live your Christian life that way, assuming Jesus Christ is coming today? You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. It's going to come in the twinkling of an eye, phase one of a second coming called the rapture. Be alert. Be alert. What on earth is happening, right? It's a question we're all asking. Stay calm, stay on mission, stay alert. In the weeks to come, we'll spend some time getting into the details of the signs and what to watch for. But here's your assignment over the next several weeks. I'm going to do the best job that I can from the pages of God's Word to provide a uh, readiness briefing. Your job is to show up. Don't sleep in on Sunday. Don't schedule something else during this sacred time. Let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, the Bible says. There's a readiness briefing scheduled every Sunday right here in the church. And you're scheduled to be here. It'll help you get ready. Hopefully, it'll also encourage you and fill your heart with hope and comfort you during some distressing times and help us as a church to get ready for our groom's return. We are the bride of Christ, right? We'll be reminded of our mission. We'll stay calm. We'll stay on mission. We'll stay alert. We'll learn what to look for. And so when you scroll those news feeds and watch the nightly news broadcasts, your heart won't twist in all configurations of panic and anxiety. You'll say, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of what Jesus said would happen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Don't you want him to come? I do. But every day the father delays, and there will be a day when he turns to his son and says, go. And in the twinkling of an eye, it'll start. In the meantime, we wait in faith, and every day that he doesn't come, oh, the world will scoff and say, ah, it's been a couple thousand years. But the day will come. And the question is, are are we ready?
Are we ready for that? And are you ready? Have you, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? That's the first step of spiritual readiness, is to know that you're in the faith. You know, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, translated loosely, we all have a virus. We're born with it. It's called sin. And it's terminal. The Bible goes on to say in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. There's no escaping it. But then it turns and it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You want to escape the virus that brings physical and eternal death to any one of us? You place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. His shed blood from the cross has all the antibodies necessary to defeat this virus in you and me. And the fact that he rose triumphantly from the grave puts him in a category like nobody else. He's worthy of your trust. That's the first step in getting spiritually ready for the day of Christ's return. The second is, sleepy church, wake up. Let's stay calm, let's stay on mission, and let's stay alert. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message, Last Days Living. And Ron, earlier in today's message, you mentioned a comment someone had made about the church not knowing exactly what to do in light of all the chaos and confusion that we've seen over the past year or so. Your answer was really the only one that makes sense. We're supposed to go and make disciples. So let's talk a little further about that as we wrap things up today on Something Good Radio. You know, Brian, I understood what the questioner was trying to say because so much is happening right before our eyes that we haven't seen or experienced before in this country, and it can get quite frustrating for many of us. But the truth is, the thing we should be doing in light of all this chaos and confusion is the same thing we should have been doing all along. I'm talking about sharing our faith, making disciples of Jesus Christ who go and make disciples, introducing people to Jesus and helping them grow in that relationship, in that faith. The strange times we're living in might change the way we present the gospel. Uh, for example, we may incorporate a little more Bible prophecy into the conversation, uh, given people's heightened curiosity about what Jesus said concerning the end of the age. But our ultimate calling as believers has not changed. Consider this, Brian. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talked about some of the signs of the end of the age, people falsely claiming that they are the Christ, wars and rumors of wars, nation uh, rising against nation, famine, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. He goes on to mention a few other things to look for, and then he closes with this. Listen carefully. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. You see, Brian, God has always been about saving people, about saving as many as will believe on Jesus as their Savior. And even at the end, with all the rebellion and all the depravity, God has ordained that the gospel will be preached to all nations. The Great Commission has always been our greatest calling. And the events of the final days of the last days will be no different. Now more than ever, I believe it is critical that we stay on mission, that we take the gospel of Jesus to all nations, and in a way, usher in the glorious coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
and take as many people with us to heaven as we possibly can. Great message as usual, Ron, and thanks for those final thoughts from today's teaching, Last Days Living. And Ron, as we wrap things up on today's Something Good radio broadcast, how about telling us where we're headed next time as you move ahead in your current series? Well, Brian, your question just now is the perfect lead-in to where we're headed tomorrow because I'm going to get into some of those signs that the end is near, Uh, some of the very signs Jesus spoke about and that I just mentioned in the answer I just shared. Uh, We find this list of end times events in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 14, and that's where we're headed next time as I continue my teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Join us then for Something Good as Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Signs, the End is Near. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.